This morning, uh, if we have children who are here in the sanctuary with us, I want to invite you to come forward and also pure joy. Come on down. Yay. Good morning. Hi, Timothy. Hi, Ross. How are you guys this morning? I'm glad y'all are in church today. Oh, they're going to line up all the way down, aren't they? All right. Now, I, I will tell the congregation what I told uh, the pure joy who was down there when I came. I invited y'all to come this morning. You're not my backup kids today. <laughs> um, but I wanted to visit with y'all and, and, um, and also give thanks for you this morning. Because this morning, I'm always so excited. I think I say it every year. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year when I look back up after the summer and pure joy is here. It is honestly one of my favorite Sundays of the whole year. And it reminds me of one of the reasons we worship. Now, I know sometimes at 830, the the thoughts are still percolating. We're We're still waking up here. But think about some of the reasons you come to church. Maybe you come because mom and dad say, we're going to church. Maybe you come because you have friends here. Maybe you come because this is one of the only places where we get to sing these songs and say these prayers and come to the table together. Well, one of the reasons I'll tell you that I come to church, one of the reasons, there's a bunch, is on Sunday mornings, when we sing these songs and we pray these prayers and we're together, it helps me remind me, oh, this is who God wants me to be. It helps, it helps me remember, this is who God made me to be. And I need to, and, and maybe in a little bit different way. For example, today, the person I think God has been working on me to be recently is being thankful being thankful. I think it's one of the things God calls us to be. So, you know, sometimes we have Christmas in July. Today we're having Thanksgiving in August. Can you do that with me? We're going to have Thanksgiving in August this morning. And we are going to give thanks this morning. So I know, I know you're waking up and it's early. It's sleepy, right? Something that you are thankful for this morning, that you want to give thanks aloud for this morning. Can you think of something? And let's share it with the people today. Something that you are thankful for. Community. Community. Thankful for community. Thank you, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Family. Thankful for family. Amen. I am thankful for my family. Mm-hmm. What else are you thankful for this morning? For friends. Thankful for friends. You know, I know we're being a little bit quiet, but that's exactly why I think we do this. Because sometimes I think... We forget to be thankful. Well, I'll I'll say it my way. Sometimes I think I forget to be thankful. I think of all the things I don't have yet. I think of all the things I want to do that aren't done yet. I think of all the things that, oh, maybe I used to have that I don't have anymore. But to be thankful right now in this place as we worship for community, for family, for friends, Are there others that you would like to add that you are thankful for? Thankful for the church. Mm -hmm. And I am thankful, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I am thankful for you, Pure Joy, for your gifts, for your presence, for your voice, 
for the community that you create, for the praise that you bring to our worship, for the joy in your faces and in your presence. And as we sang our opening hymn this morning, I sing the almighty power of God. Oh, it made, me, it made me thankful this morning. It helped me be thankful this morning to think about all the ways that God is present in our world, that God has created and is creating in our world. And the very last words, God are present, that God is present in this place. I am thankful that God is present in this place, that God is present in you, and that we are gathered here this morning to worship. So we're going to give thanks for that. Can we do that? Let's have a little Thanksgiving August and give thanks for that this morning. As we say, dear God, God, we give you thanks thanks. for community and family, for for friends, for for your presence here. here. Thank you, Lord, for for loving me. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can I ask one of our Pure Joy members to just sit right here? Because I want to, I want to use your T-shirt. Dylan. Yeah. Okay. I promise it won't. It won't hurt. It won't hurt. I promise. We are continuing our um, series this morning on. Nameless heroes. Um, And so we are in Luke's gospel this morning. Talk about your staff being a little harried this morning. I went back to my office to pick up my preaching Bible, you know, the one that's about to fall apart, the red one, and realized I had forgotten it. It's sitting on the console under the TV at home. I ran out this morning and forgot it. Jeez, that'll make a preacher feel out of step. But had another Bible on my shelves. And so we are going to turn to Luke's gospel and we are going to hear this story in chapter 17, beginning with the 11th verse. Listen for the word of God. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. We have been talking about characters in the Bible who have no names, who show us something that we need to remember 
about ourselves, about ourselves in relationship with God, about ourselves in relationship to each other. And many of the people that we have been talking about have been marginalized or outcasts in some way. Um, We've talked about the four friends, none of them named, who lowered their friend down through the roof so that Jesus could heal their friend. My, I mean, look at the qualities there, qualities of loyalty and faithfulness and friendship. And then we've talked about the woman at the well who is often thought of as, oh, that woman who has had serial marriages and is living with a man who's not her husband and all of the baggage that's attached to her. And yet, yet, she is, I believe, the first witness for Jesus in John's gospel. Pardon? Yes. She is the first who claims Jesus to be the Messiah, and she is a Samaritan. And we have looked at um, the child who shows us what it means to be a disciple in God's kingdom and how to live. We've been looking at these stories, and often these unnamed heroes show us something. Now, I don't know if y'all have noticed. Dylan, can you come here? So Pure Joy has their new T-shirts for this year. And I don't know if you've noticed what it says on the back, but I would like to read that for you. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dylan. And so that, that preaches. Kitty and Pure Joy, that shirt, it preaches. <laughs> it has actually in a nutshell, on the back of a t-shirt, what we have been talking about for the past few weeks through Pastor Clay, through Pastor Caroline, through these stories. I want us to pause for just a minute and unpack a couple of words because I think that it gives us a little bit of clarity, a little bit more clarity on what we're talking about here. So the word hero, the word hero comes from an Indonesia or excuse me, an Indo-European root word that means to watch over or protect. And then a definition from the dictionary for the word hero is any person admired for qualities or achievements and regarded as an ideal or model. And often we think of our heroes or heroines as being people who exhibit courage for us. Consider the root word that courage comes from, comes from the French heart. It has to do with the heart. As opposed to the word bravery, which also comes from the French, bravarie, which means fine appearance, show, or dress, showiness. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? 
So the heroes we talk about who, who set model, a model uh, for us in terms of qualities or traits or behavior, this comes out of their heart, out of who they are as God's created people, whether or not our society deems them to be important, even to the point of them being unnamed. Because to be named is to be known, is it not? So these characters don't have names, but what we are doing in this series is seeking to know them and to let them teach us, much as pure joy teaches us just by their example. So in the story that we just heard, we have ten lepers who are hanging out in kind of the nether regions in the wilderness area that's not quite Galilee and, you know, it's kind of just out there in a, in a netherland, so to speak, which is in keeping with them being lepers. Now, in biblical terms, many of you may know this, uh, the biblical term leprosy does not refer to what we know as Hansen's disease. Um, where uh, we have had, uh, uh, quote-unquote, lepers' colonies um, in different places on the globe, uh, one of which was in Carville, Louisiana, and that still is one of the premier research facilities for Hansen's disease. Leprosy, in biblical terms, meant any kind of eruption on the skin. Any kind of blister or something that came up. And there was all kinds of purity codes that are attached to this. And you can go into the book of Leviticus. In chapter 13, it will give you a blow-by-blow description of what to do with what kind of blister or eruption. I tell you, I was eating my lunch trying to read over it. And I went, I can't do that. And then in chapter 14 are the instructions for how the community and the priests are to deal with someone who comes before them with some kind of leprous lesion on their skin. And if after seven days it doesn't heal, then they are to go outside the community. They are rendered ritually impure and unclean, and they may not live in community with their families or with their friends, but they have to remain outside the bounds of the community for the length of their illness. And if they go anywhere, they are to announce giving people plenty of time to clear the path if they need to by saying, unclean, unclean. As they walk around, can you imagine? Can you imagine such an existence? And so in Luke's story, here we have ten lepers. Apparently, I can only imagine the loneliness that would compel them to find each other and to find each other's company so that they have some kind of human contact. But they're out in this nether region I would imagine so they don't run into people too much. 
And as Jesus is traveling through this region, they call out to him from a distance in keeping with the prescriptions that are on their behavior. But they apparently recognize who he is, even from a distance. And they call out to him to have mercy on them. And Jesus, seeing what kind of people he's dealing with, says, go and show yourselves to the priests, which is in keeping with Levitical law on dealing with people who have leprosy. Now, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. If I were one of those lepers, I don't know if I would know exactly what that meant. I mean, why would I want to go show myself to the priest? Would that just not increase my marginalization? I don't know. But as they begin to go, one of them notices that on his way, he has made clean and whole. And he turns around and goes back to Jesus to offer his gratitude. And Luke makes a point of telling us that this one is a Samaritan. He's got a double strike on him. The Samaritans actually came from what had been the northern kingdom of Israel. After King Solomon's death, power, power um, uh, posturing and all kinds of stuff cropped out amongst his sons about who was going to ascend to the throne of the monarchy And they wound up splitting into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom taking ten tribes with them. And then the the tribes of Judah and Benjamin staying to the south where Jerusalem was. And then in the year 722 BCE, the Assyrians invade the northern kingdom. And they destroy the capital city, which is Samaria. And they cart off a lot of the population. And then, as was the common practice of ancient conquerors, then they brought in peoples from other lands that they had conquered and put them in that territory of northern Israel that they had just conquered. And so there was some intermarrying that happened. And so then, as you come on down to Jesus' time, there is a lot of rancor and a lot of distrust between who is practicing the right kind of worship of the God of Israel. And the Samaritans felt that they had the correct form of worship. And those who are identified as Jews around Jerusalem felt that they had the correct form of worship and they considered each other to be unclean. And so the viewpoint that we have in Luke's gospel is that the Samaritans are especially unclean. They're not to be dealt with. They are not to be touched. They are not to be countenanced. And you certainly aren't going to have any kind of relationship with them. And yet, yet, this one, this one, comes back to Jesus and says, thank you for what you have done for me. I think it is just totally cool. That today is Communion Sunday. Because what we do 
The liturgy that we use when we take communion is called the great thanksgiving. And you will hear us say, it is right to give our thanks and praise. We will say all that together. And what the Samaritan shows us is that, yes, it is indeed right to give our thanks and praise. Because what Jesus does for the Samaritan, he doesn't just heal him of a disease. He saves him. He shows him mercy. And the thing is, is that our salvation and our healing cannot be separated. They go right together because what salvation seeks to do is make us whole people. The people that God created us to be. And the Samaritan models that for us. So, I googled gratitude journal this week. You know how many hits I got? 5,570,000. So, does anybody here keep a gratitude journal? Does anybody here just take an opportunity from time to time to just, at the end of the day, write down what you're thankful for? Anybody? Let me commend it to you, my friends. Because what giving thanks does, whether it is giving thanks for a really good cup of coffee at 6.30 in the morning, (laughs) whether it is giving thanks for the person who helps you get something off the top shelf at the grocery store, whether it is the kindness of colleagues you work with, whether it is giving thanks For a God who has promised to be with us always and who will never leave us in good times and in bad. My friends, it is right to give our thanks and our praise. My prayer is that we go forth from this place today giving thanks. Amen.